0: mike wilkerson from the 24 podcast here there's only one place on the internet i go for 24 legacy fans it's your perfect after show experience when listening to the 24podcast.com effort 24legacyfans.com that's 24legacyfans.com that both
1: exists and doesn't exist, all at the same time. For those in the know, SHIELD, the Strategic Homeland Intervention, Enforcement and Logistics Division, is the counter-terrorism and intelligence agency run by director Nick Fury. Its global reach, with thousands of operatives with differing skill sets across the globe, continues to grow. SHIELD's activities have been documented for a long time, both in comic books and feature films those legendary tales now transfer to the smaller screen in a weekly series on ABC via Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking.
0: What happens when you're told that one of your most favored characters has to die in this episode? How about if you're told and can feel that at least one of our hero team is going to die? How about that multiple characters are going to die? There's something to an episode that doesn't only get your motor running, but does it without... Thunderous action sequences. Though, those are here too. You know what? It's easier just to start talking about this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time, it's Season 5, Episode 10, Past Life. Reviewed here on the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
2: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
0: Nick, it's good to see you. Some quick housekeeping as we get started. Crisis Cops. It's not every day that you have a true crisis negotiator that saunters into your voiceover booth inside of your podcast studio, but today... Well, unless
2: you're Mike Wilkerson, because it seems right. to happen, you know, every, every other day. Every other day, that's right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: today we had Lieutenant Pat Doring who came in today. Ah. And in addition to reading some excellent, excellent, almost completely unprompted voiceovers for his book, Crisis Cops, The History of Negotiators in America... Uh, He also read a whole bunch of really great network, Two Guys Talking Podcast Network stuff, as well as some super cool things for the upcoming Free Field Training Podcast and for WhatCopsWatch.com. Nice. He also said that he's bored. And so what that means- bored? That's right. He said that he's bored. And so what that means is grabbing him and Chief Chris and you- Me? For an upcoming Marvel Perspective Review- the nature of which I shan't reveal yet. Ooh,
2: super secret.
0: The Myth 3. The Myth 3, and I'm not going to tell you what it is. But you can look for that soon. More importantly, my thanks to Lieutenant Pat Doring for coming in today. I would like to point all of you over to his book, Crisis Cops, The History of Negotiators in America, by going over to twoguystalking.com forward slash crisis cops. You can find that also inside the show notes for this episode. The road to infinity continues to be paved. Nick, I saw your Facebook status recently this afternoon. Yes. And it showcased...
2: The Avengers. Oh, I'm sorry. Marvel's The Avengers. <laughs> you
0: mean you didn't watch the movie with the guy with the top hat and cane in the silver car? No, really?
2: no, not that. Not well, Are oh. we talking about the old TV show or that really horrible film that Hollywood tried to shove out? A decade and a half or so ago.
0: I don't know. Either one. They both sucked. I hated both of them. Yes. Anyway, uh, the the gist is that, yes, this week is the week that you would have wanted to watch Marvel's Avengers to see a movie a week in the run-up to Marvel's Infinity War that's coming out in May of 2018. Uh, It's going to be epic. I've accidentally glanced at another commercial that's come out, Uh and I, I will now dedicate to you that I shan't look any longer when I hear the woeing sorrow of Tony Stark talking about things that... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <befuddle> him. <laughs> I will instantly now look away and begin murmuring to myself some sort of voiceover so I shan't hear anything. That's two shants in the course of four and a half minutes. Not so awesome. That's a lot
2: of shanting. That's
0: a lot of shanting. Uh, anyway, this week is Avengers. And so after you're done watching Avengers on inside of your own theater at home or on your phone, I'm very sorry for you. then I would like for you to go over to two guys talking.com forward slash Avengers during which you will imbibe our incredibly long, (laughs) but terribly entertaining perspective review of Marvel's Avengers. Marvel's Avengers is not just a standout movie because it's another Marvel movie and a really good one, but it's because they were able to take all of these different flavors of ice cream that they've developed over half a decade and throw them together And it be awesome. Mm -hmm. It's it's a. It was the grand
2: experiment. Yeah, it was the grand experiment that paid off.
0: Yeah, it's a tiny taste of what we're hoping is going to happen here in May, where if you thought that Avengers was an ice cream store with different ice cream flavors, this is like you know every single Chinese buffet in North America gathering together to offer up a feast. That's what we're looking for inside of. Inside of infinity, infinity. I was going War. to keep
2: the ice cream analogy going, and in Infinity War, would literally be somebody handing you the key to a Baskin Robbins and say, "Go at it, kid."
0: Yeah. The the difference though is that it's not enough.
2: No, it'll never be enough.
0: The uh, the thirty two awesome flavors that are available inside of Baskin Robbins are not nearly enough. And so I'm super stoked, but more importantly, I want you to listen to the Avengers Perspective Review that you can find over at twoguystalking.com forward slash Avengers. What I also want you to do when you get there, inside there, there's a listing of every movie that we've done in Perspective Review. More importantly, though, the ones that we have not done. And so we need you guys to chime in because what we'd like to offer you guys is a chance to jump in with nick and i or chris or lieutenant pat or whomever else to jump in and be a member inside the hosting team for one of our perspective reviews of the marvel films that we've not yet done to find the complete list and links to do all of that go over to twoguystalking.com forward slash infinity find it all there submit your form do it now do it do it now All right, that's enough for that, Nick. It's time to get into the review of this week's episode, Season 5, Episode 10, Past Life.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center.
0: Great Initial Effects. You and I have talked about this a lot inside of this this season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: And if people are tired of hearing us talk about it, Too tough. bad.
0: <laughs> Get ready for some more yes. giant scoops because it is epic. Mm-hmm. The front end of this is just, it, it rivals anything that you'll see inside of feature films. It's instantly engaging. You have to go back and look at it more than once. And that is the hallmark of true great special effects is that you you know what you just saw. But let's go see it again, mm-hmm. and the instant that ha- that happens, you know that it's got you. You're in the Matrix, and I I love that this show continues to grab me, especially with the special effects that, frankly, either didn't need to be there, or if they if they sucked, would you really pay attention because the story's there? Eh, probably not. But that they're there, it's, well, it's even more impossible. frosting. It's even more frosting on the cake. It's just you know me.
2: Right, right, and and I think we've gotten to the point to where we come to expect good special effects from the show. True. So that when something does happen and there is something, there is a flaw, there is a ooh, wow, well, that effect really didn't look all that great, mm. it, it is more jarring to us because we've had we've had uh, quality for so long. Right. I think that was one of the reasons why, among many reasons, mm-hmm. but the effects also were one of the reasons why Inhumans was such a plop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just that just, just
0: didn't seem like they tried. I mean,
2: I, you know what? I, I I'm not even going to talk about it. I have no it. idea what. You're if talking people about, want to hear what we had to say about that, they can go back and listen to all the episodes because yeah. we actually did reviews for all eight of those terribly wonderful Marvel. I can't even yeah. finish the sentence. See,
0: you know what they were great at doing? Providing feedback.
2: Yes, there you go.
0: That's what you can do. We're not going to mention what they're called, but you can go over to two forward slash inhumans. Oh damn. And listen to all of it back-to-back, ongoing, forever, (laughs) until Infinity War comes out. Why was Tess saved by Chrysanthemum? I ask this because somewhere inside the dialogue here was focused on that Chrysanthemum only saves in humans. Is Tess a human? No, no. Okay. So, was he just being... Was he pushing the dick button because he wanted to by saving her slash making her relive?
2: I think it had more to do with how jarring it would be for the others to see her alive again.
0: Mm. I I also
2: think it, it also goes into the arrogance of Chrysanthemum. Yeah. Thinking that, oh, I've brought you back to life. You you now owe this new existence to me. You will do what I say. And if you go back and rewatch the previous episodes after she came back, she was very timid and very determined to get our heroes to do what Chrysanthemum said. Yeah. But when they started defying him, she found the courage... To stand with her friends again mm-hmm. and defy him as well.
0: Yeah. Well, and what I liked about that, especially in a storytelling element, is that you never really knew that she was not going to coat.
2: Well, well, yeah, it's definitely not, one of those things yeah. that you have to wonder. You mm-hmm. do have to wonder.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I, I was pleasantly surprised by the end of the episode that she didn't turn out to be yeah. some sort of, you know, ooh, I've got the chip in the back of my head and yeah. I'm going to kill yes. everybody at the yeah. very last minute. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, because you would expect that. She's kind of, you know, the yeah. pixie smaller, diminutive woman that mm, I can't believe she could possibly do Mm -hmm. any damage, except now she's going to kill everybody. Right. So uh, very interesting and another potential storytelling route that they did not go to, but that we can conjure up things like that. That's the sign of great storytelling. I love that. He just killed the doctor and he's talking to himself. This can't be good, Nick. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, no, it can be awesome.
0: I, no, I, I, uh, I totally agree with that. And something that it uh, came up this morning, there's a friend of mine, he, he used to own and run the site Screen Rant. Mm-hmm. And uh, Vic Holtraman and I continue to spark back and forth uh, about a variety of things, especially inside of Facebook. And one of the things that I love goading him on is when he'll come in and he'll trumpet something negative. And what I always do is I I click on the animated GIF button and I go and I find that the animated GIF of Gladiator, uh, Joaquin Phoenix, who's got his thumb sideways and then he's got the definitive down thumb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I love it. We're going to, we'll find it and I'll put it somewhere inside the Ages of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast Facebook page. I, I absolutely love using it. And every time I think of this character now, he falls in that same realm, which is just such a... I love to hear what's going to be the next satiating piece of, I can't believe how big an asshole that guy is, coming from chrysanthemum. I love it. I'm I'm addicted to know what is next, which makes this episode even that more tasty.
2: It was, and this is early on in the episode. Super early. It's like five minutes into the episode, and we get this complete and total, okay, I'm done. Yeah. And it's sanity even- sanity. I've I don't even have a grip on it anymore. If there's a pinky <laughs> finger holding on before the end of the episode, it's gonna be yeah. a, all out the window. Yeah. But this was the beginning of it. Yeah. yeah. He said, you know, his reaction to creepy McSilverball's death,
0: not so awesome. I. And, but that's the thing. It's
2: throughout the ten episodes, we think of it as okay. You're my right hand man. You're my girl Friday. You're the assassin. I'm the planner. And more and more, but especially right here, we understand that there was more of a relationship. And I'm not talking about sexual right. or physical or anything right. like that. Right. It, there was an emotional and a spiritual kinship tether to the two. Yeah, yeah. The tether is a perfect uh, perfect word for it. That is ripped asunder here when the doctor says, You can't do that. It, it, we it doesn't <laughs> the the process doesn't work on Cree. I can't fix her."
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah damn it oh. jim i'm a cree not a bricklayer <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and kabang you're dead just uh, out of the blue and you know the, the the train is finally leaving the tracks and then we get to watch it all in this gloriously blue hued room <laughs> it was great i loved it evil conversion and what may have been a better moment inside of marvel's avengers sweet irony that we were talking about marvel's avengers inside the housekeeping hmm. uh, which again by the way you can go and listen to our perspective review over Two guys com forward slash avengers that we're talking about avengers is very interesting because the one of the very few things i don't even know that registered as a negative but one of the things that i linger on is loki's taking over of people and that it wasn't something more impactful like it is here i mean it doesn't get more impactful than you get to ingest something that you don't even see, and then suddenly your eyes turn black and they start bleeding and ooze comes out of your mouth. Mm. I, what I loved about this moment was that it was horrifying without having that literal black zombie spit-up moment that I hate about just about every zombie movie. Um, that What is the one? What is the... zombie the, uh,
2: Zombieland
0: zombie that's it
2: that's the one that you that's the, that, that's the one can't that, you, deal with that you can't take no I can't with I can't. all the blah,
0: blah. yeah I can't this I could though every single time that I see whatever's going on inside of this episode and that happens I'm in more importantly it's impactful the whole thing of changing the color of eyes and kind of dashing out the skin tone inside of the Avengers one it was all CG I don't know if everybody knew that or not there were never any contact lenses nothing no makeup it was all done digitally So they never had anything like that. They realized they needed to be doing something when they saw what was coming back after it was filmed and realized they needed to do something other than just, hey, I'm going to tap you on the chest, and now you're taking over.
2: Right, there needed to be something that actually shows that there is a change. Yeah,
0: and I I realized that, especially with Marvel being that first team-going effort inside of the circle of what was then becoming Disney, it wouldn't have been able... To jump into having something like this inside of the Avengers, but man, how awesome would it have been? I, I, I mean, I, it would have had way more impact than just okay, now it's time to punch Hawkeye, and suddenly he's fine.
2: Right, but the thing is, is that this stuff is completely different. This stuff is—you're going to die eventually. You take a, a taste of this, you turn into a rage monster mm-hmm. until your body can't support right. it anymore.
0: No, I, I totally. And get if it. we I'm... had
2: that in, in the Avengers, then oops, well, thanks for thanks for playing Hawkeye, but, you know, you're dead now.
0: Well, and I, I, I get that that's also why they did it, because they didn't want to kill off Hawkeye, and they didn't want to kill off the scientists. I get all that. I, I, I don't have any problem with that. But still, they could have made something that is the, them being taken over that is akin to what you see here and not kill anybody. Yeah, true, true. I, and I, I, I would have I liked to have been able to find something along the middle line of that that would have been m- way more impactful like it is inside this episode than what we got inside Original Avengers. Yo-Yo finds Yo-Yo? And this is... I, I can't remember if you said something along these lines that you thought it might be Yo-Yo. I don't remember. I think you alluded to it. I thought thing. it was going to be Mac. Mac. Interesting. Okay. Well, and see, I thought it was going to be Robin because they needed to take somebody that... Had vision slash seer skills, and instead of it being seer skills, it's just that she's experienced the future. yeah
2: She's been there,
0: and, and I like that. That's a really nice twist on what I was thinking needed to happen for someone to quote be a seer. She she isn't so much a seer as she's actually been there. Yeah, and she's I, I a source that. of
2: information that Cassius yeah. likes to refer to yeah. as a seer.
0: Yeah, you've hit it right on the head. Really, what it is is. It's the tongue-in-cheek of Chrysanthemum saying something to the effect of, oh, yeah, well, my seer will help us figure out what's going on. Right, And I love that. I love that. That absolutely plays into Chrysanthemum's creepiness. I love Uh, that.
2: It it furthers the creepiness. Because he's done a lot of really shitty things to people in these ten episodes. And what you see has befallen future Yo-Yo throughout this episode Mm -hmm. is probably as... Terrifying to think about, as some of the other things he's done, uh, enslaving Gemma to where she can only hear his voice. That th- there's creepy. Yeah. Th- number one. Yeah. But then add everything else this guy has done, and then the the cherry on top is oh oh look at poor Yo Yo. Look at what he's done. He's killed her and brought her back, and killed her and brought, brought her, her back. back. Yeah. And killed her and brought her back.
0: Yeah. And and something else inside this the series of episodes that I really appreciate is, and it started in the last episode, really whole hog, but the whole thing that death is not death is really, really interesting Mm. because in addition to it not being death, it's also another torture mechanism, right? So many layers inside of what they brought in the future yo-yo inside of this. I I love it all. It reminds me very much of those original X-Men comics the again the real days of future past Mm, yes uh the the super hardcore science fictiony x-men vaults all of those stories this leeches over to that flavor a ton and i love it deke steps up big there's two or three scenes inside of this and i didn't want to mention all of them it's way more efficient to just talk about all of them and him as a character inside of this first point. Mm. I love that they give him some meat. More importantly, I love that they give him meat where there's some dead silence Something I really liked inside this episode a lot was that it was not just filled with yammering, talking all of the time to make sure that the empty moments are filled so that you never hear any silence inside this episode because you can't ever have silence inside of an episode anymore mm. because it's important to always have sound when you're watching television because if you don't hear sound when you're watching television, then it doesn't matter and it's bad television. That's not true at all. Absolutely not. This episode is a masterpiece in regard to using sound, in regard to using special effects, into using storytelling, but most importantly, silence. Go back and watch this. I've watched this one twice. Mm-hmm. Go back and watch this episode again and realize how many times, and it's not like long 40 second beats of dead silence, but especially with Deke, anytime that he chimes in, it's extraordinary. Because when he does chime in, it's with purpose. And then the, the pauses are are the pauses where you can see the gears working inside of Deke's head so you can try and figure out what he needs to say next to try and convey what he's thinking. It it is really, really well done. I I totally appreciated it in every single instance that we saw inside this episode.
2: If this is, in fact, the last time this season we get to see the character, round of applause to the writing of the character, the performance of the character. This was a way to go out on top. Yeah. Uh, My dossier last episode was all about Deke and Mm -hmm. his journey and what we've been able to see in these now 10 episodes for him. And I kind of wish I would have saved Deke as a a dossier for this episode because this was the culmination. Yeah. You know, last week he finally made his decision to be the hero. And in this episode, wow. Wow. Just just absolute kudos all around to everything, Deakness.
0: Simmons' Yoda moment. This was excellent. This again is another piece. I refer to Yoda moment just so that I can get all of you into the frame of mind of the information being delivered. Not that I want us to all now see Gemma with green toned skin and speaking backwards. <laughs> it, it's the moment where information is laid upon someone else that is vital. And it's not vital because if they don't have it, they're going to die. It's vital because it's building blocks for future information. Mm-hmm. I love that inside of storytelling. doesn't matter what it is. is. It doesn't, doesn't matter if it's a, a true life documentary. doesn't matter if it's something like this where it's deep science fiction inside of time travel. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's a, a, a crime drama with a bunch of police procedural stuffs. I love it when something is imparted to somebody else because they're going to need it. To continue on. Right. It's it's intoxicating inside of this episode. More importantly, it's short. I think that's what I really enjoyed about all of the interactions of everybody inside this episode. Are even the ones that are extended, like Chrysanthemum and a couple of other characters inside of this. The ones that are extended, none of them is extended to the point where anybody is soliloquying. Never a moment happens where you go, oh, look, yet another Shakespeare moment inside of a dumb television program. <laughs> you don't have any of that inside of this. It's all delivery. It's got impact and it means something. And this little bit with Gemma and her showering knowledge on another. I love this.
2: This is not the first time, though, too. We no. have seen uh-huh. her do this yeah. on several different occasions during this season. And I am, I am really interested in seeing where the character goes... From here, could we possibly get Gemma as a, a trainer for young inhumans when we get back to the present? And Because there's still inhumans out there. We're going back to the present. So the inhuman thing is still going on. And there's going to be a lot of frightening inhumans who don't know what they're doing. They're going to need some guidance. Mm-hmm. I think Gemma, not counting her already brilliant brain where where her particular brand of science is concerned, She's got a talent yeah. for being yeah. able to help people reach a potential they don't even know that they have access to.
0: Yeah, she, she's an excellent puzzle piece to start into a story that will help those people find not only the puzzle pieces, but where they're supposed to fit. To go back to something you mentioned a couple episodes ago, to help them even remotely understand the picture on the box, mm. to then start compiling the puzzle pieces. I really do feel that. I really do feel that. <laughs> submit and avoid pain wow this was tremendous mostly because in a matter of 25 seconds you establish this wonderful almost the same as resistance is futile (laughs) you establish this new wonderful thing where i'd love to walk into a room and just go submit and avoid pain (laughs) that that is the walk into the room moment that you want to have with everybody right So we've got that, but more importantly, wow, triple decapitation, mostly, moment inside of this episode that is so spectacularly done and gotten away with because, ding, 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 it's blue blood slash goo rather than red. I love this show. I love the impact that something like this gives. More importantly, I love how it spills onto the bottom line nature of what is inside Fits. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's it's the dark crevice that nobody really wants to talk about, including Fitz, but it just so happens... Or Simmons, because yeah.
2: look at the... If you notice the look on her face.
0: Absolutely <laughs> horrified. Absolutely horrified. And again, it, it happens a couple of times. It's almost where, like, uh, later on inside the episode, I think there's two times where you see Fitz referring to a couple of people. I know once, once is Flint. But it's where you're referring to that moment. I think the other one might be Mac or Yo-Yo. Uh, but it's you can see Fitz referring to it, and he's referring to that moment kind of like Bruce Banner refers to the Hulk. Mm. It's just a masterpiece of thought there. Who Whoever thought that up, whether it was the guy that plays Fitz or not, I don't know. But that is, that's some deep writing, and that is why I love this show.
2: Well, I'm hoping... And I'm pretty sure that it will happen. I'm sure it'll pay off later in the season because, you know, our heroes are going to go back to the present. They have the impending apocalypse to worry about, but they're also going to have to deal with the ramifications of breaking Fitz out. You know, General Hale is going to be coming after them. So there's all of that. There's that peril. What is Fitz willing to do to keep not only his friends, but his newly christened fiance safe?
0: Yeah, interesting. I hadn't I hadn't thought of any of that, frankly. Uh, that's very interesting. Well, he
2: has no problem decapitating a trio of cre- grunts, so I, I, I think he's uh, capable of doing yeah. a lot more.
0: There's also there's a piece that we also neglected to talk about is the nonchalant setup of this.
2: Yeah, if, I had no if, idea what if, he was doing. Right.
0: All you do is you see him walking across an area with what looks like a, a ball of yarn, and and that that's. I'm not kidding. I thought maybe he was just, you know, laying a, a cable for some comm stuff or something. I had no idea what he was doing. Uh, that it was that nonchalant, but that 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 big a payoff. For, for anybody that thinks this show is stupid, you go and watch that 45 seconds before and after this moment. And you then tell me that this show is stupid. You're an idiot. Yo-Yo's English is now awesome, as is... Her accentless speaking abilities. Hmm, interesting. I guess you just learn by osmosis inside of the land of awesome future <laughs> I'm I'm not going to bash on this. It's it's going to be my one negative of the episode, apparently. But I was, and it was good. I mean, that that's the cool part is I didn't really care what I was hearing. But what is completely gone now? I mean, like completely. Is any accent at all when she is talking to she? Go back and go back and go back and. We're we talking and about back.
2: both of them. Both or of them. Both really? of them have no huh.
0: splash of, no splash of Hispanic anything anymore. Really? No, nothing. Now,
2: see, I guess there's another reason to go back and re re watch the episode because <laughs> I didn't. I was more compelled with what was happening. Yeah,
0: I, I wasn't looking for broken sentences back and forth to each other. In fact, you mentioned something that might have been really interesting. If the sad slash, soon to be limbless, the mm. yo-yo it has been there for, let's say, 25, 30, 40 years, maybe her English has gotten better because she's too busy talking to Chrysanthemum after he kills her and brings her back and kills her and brings her back. And so she's just got better English speaking skills. That would have been an even deeper part of it. That would have been very interesting where now slash in the future yo-yo still has some sort of accent but one that's been there for 35 years has no discernible accent at all anymore Mm. that would have been very interesting super deep but that that would have been very very interesting play could yo-yo talk and listen fast too all right, so follow me here. This is a deep dive that I think maybe a writer slash actor will only appreciate okay. as a comic book guy. So inside the comic book storytelling ability that I'm envisioning here, imagine if there's a scenario where information has to be conveyed, but there's other people in the room. And so the only people that would be able to deliver and then take in the information would be people that can go fast. So... What if you had now yo-yo delivering to sad, limbless, future yo-yo information, speaking incredibly fast, hearing it incredibly fast, so fast that nobody knows she actually spoke?
2: You follow me? I'm, I'm following you.
0: Okay. Now, obviously, there's nothing inside the story that gets us there, but what brought this up was, okay, so I think, I'm not kidding, seven or eight times Future sad limbless yo-yo says, essentially, "Oh, I've I've been in this moment several times, and man, does it suck!" And you all die. I mean, she says that at least six or seven times inside of this episode, inside of a inside of storytelling. And so what I thought was like, wouldn't it be interesting if somehow they can convey my concept where everything that needs to be said needs to be delivered to now, yo-yo, now. And so get to it. So can she talk and listen fast? That's a very interesting way to showcase powers that nobody else would be perceivable able to take in that I, I don't know how to even showcase that. It would be where somebody is recording the room or something and then someone would have to go, Master, we've detected some sort of subsonic recording during the surveillance of the room and they go back and they go, Wait a minute, what does that sound? And it's just like... You know, right. even discernible. And then as they slow it down, like in that scene from Hunt for Red October, where Jonesy leans into the microphone and he goes, listen to it at 10 times speed. And instead of it being the whales humping sound, it turns into the mechanical sound. One, when you when you slow it down inside of whatever computer system they'd be looking looking at and looking at. It's suddenly her telling her all of the secrets that have to be told, but nobody knew that it actually happened. I don't know how to convey that, and it's something that could always be used inside a future realm, but it's something that I thought about.
2: I I get what you're saying. The thing is, though, is that that would have to be something that future limbless yo-yo would have to be able to do because we know that present-day yo-yo doesn't have that ability.
0: To talk fast? Yeah, how? We, why?
2: Because we haven't seen it.
0: No, well, no, I get that, but like, I, I, I see where you're going. I see that we haven't seen it on the character. The bottom line, though, is that when Yo-Yo is in Yo-Yo Speed, she's gonna hear and perceive everything inside of another Yo-Yo Speed. Why wouldn't she?
2: Well, they'd have to be together. It would have to be the two of them moving at the same time, because then everything would slow down. They could have a conversation, and then snap back. Nobody else would see what was going on, but they would have to go together. For your scenario to work, like I said, this is this would be a new ability. And even though we have talked about how Growing Elena's powers. powers have morphed, morphed, and yet nobody talks about it, right. this would have to this would have to be one of those powers that you have to talk about. You can't you can't just not explain this. Right. For your scenario to work, it would actually have to be future limbless yo yo grabbing present-day yo-yo, and then the two of them snapping, shoot, and then you get to have your scene, her telling her what she needs to say, and then they snap back that. But here's the thing. That changes the dynamic of the story of the episode Mm -hmm. because what happens here is, it's again, it's more of that loop bullshit. Future limbless yo-yo doesn't tell us anything we didn't know was already going to happen except for... The Colson stuff. That's it. And she even says it. That when, this, when the conversation begins, she says, I've I, I've I've been waiting for this moment to happen for years now. I've been practicing what I was going to say, and I, I I always wanted to do it differently. But here I am, and I'm saying the exact same words that I said before. So no matter what she's going to do, she's not going to say anything that she didn't already say before because of this loop crap.
0: No, and the resignation to to time and can't figure it out. Right, th- th- there's a, there's only let Colson die. The thing right. is, though, is right. that
2: if 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 we could do your way, mm-hmm. if through resurrection and death and resurrection again, future limbless yo lo- yo developed a new ability or an expansion of an already ability, mm-hmm. and relayed some sort some sort of information that we would not see at the time, but then later on would be revealed to us. It could work. The problem is, though, is that we're tap dancing on that soundless whisper cliche, because we're not going to see what happens until later on when regular yo yo, our yo yo, says this is what future me told me that we have to do. Uh, again, it's,
0: it's 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 something interesting to about. play with, yeah. interesting
2: to ponder. Yeah.
0: The, the other thing is, and I didn't just think of it until now, but the whole like neither of them use their speed powers at all inside this episode to benefit anybody. And I I didn't ponder it until just now when you were talking about it, but it's now very clear to me that the future sad limbless yo-yo is not going to bother. I E she's not going to try and quick speed out of Chrysanthemum's hands because she's resigned to die. She's given up life, but yo-yo hasn't. Mm -hmm. And so, that might be my only one other knock of a gargantuan listing of awesome power pluses inside this episode, and I get why they didn't do it because you can't just have the quick speed flashness slash yo yo power be the fix for everything. I get that would get very very old very very quickly inside of episodes. If they well, chose yeah. To do that. Get back to the point of this particular point. I would love to see that, but more importantly, I want to hear your thoughts about the. Ability to speak fast and listen fast. Tell me what you guys think of that over at our website, agentsofshield.tv. Click on the contact button, fill out the quick web form, and tell us what you think. The yo-yo to yo-yo and daisy to Colson teeter-totter. You want to talk about incredibly effective storytelling? I want everybody to go back and watch the scene where now yo-yo is talking to future, sad, limbless yo-yo in one 50-50 conversation. And then at the same time, you have Daisy and Colson having a 50-50 conversation and then the back and forth between those two conversations. It happens back and forth. They utilize that silence that I was talking about a number of times inside of both of the trades. It's incredibly... Dramatic, but it had me leaning in every single time it switched over because I was wondering what was going to come next. You build tension. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like oh, yeah. it's like a pendulum, and uh, the, the the people that are in it I care about. Even this character that we've only met for a couple of minutes, the the future sad limbless yo yo. I'm absolutely engaged because I wonder what the hell happened. The, the big snap that wasn't even really a surprise but more of like a well yeah that kind of makes sense she stands up the chain the chains clink and she's got no arms yeah and you're like well there's a reason to not like your life right <laughs> wow. you know especially if it's now been how many decades that this is kind of your life so a, a, a very interesting perspective that they gave us inside of that leaning in and conversing and going back and forth I really enjoyed that a lot because again it's terribly effective storytelling by just having conversation there was no thunderous notation of something giant action thing happening there wasn't this you know wasn't any giant music crescendo nothing it was just four people talking incredibly effective oh yeah A composer moment. I don't want to wink, wink, nudge, nudge to my dossier, but the initial composer moment for Flint inside this episode, easily one of my favorite of all Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. time. Mm. This is a character that we've known almost nothing about for an incredibly small amount of time, who's had almost no lines whatsoever. We understand his power. We kind of understand the puzzle piece he's going to play inside of this season. Yeah, absolutely true. And then they deliver this, yet another silent moment, with just a tiny little waft of music that is tremendous. A being falls. Wow, this was great. Also harken back to one of my favorite moments inside of rogue one a star wars story where we see another different type of robot though made of metal fall in doing duty to not quite king and country but the same the same thing buddies and an effort that he's paid an enormous amount of time and effort into and i thought that this was tremendous too i also love that they didn't just outright instantly kill him they allow him to tick on and then eventually be a part of the solution that's the going solution on the of, of the story yes that is dedication to a character whom we ha- also have not known terribly long. Uh, while he's been around for, what, 32,000 years or something? I've forgotten what the number is. Yeah. But while he's been around long that time. long. Yeah. While he's been around that long, we've only known him for 10 episodes. And I, I really appreciate the, the, the vitality and the impact. Uh, but more importantly, the gravitas that they give a character like Enoch. Because it could just simply be Android of the Week, plug him in, get the thing done, and move on to the next episode. And that's not what happened here at all.
2: No. And, and that's the thing. They haven't really been playing Enoch like that. And I think, well, because he is a com- more complex character, he's not supposed to have the emotion chip yeah. that can be inserted. Yeah. He, he is one thing, mm-hmm. and through circumstance... Because of his programming, he is another. He has become another. He is not supposed to get involved, very much like the Watchers. If you go back and, re- and watch the Rewind episode again, mm-hmm. he says our whole reason for being is we go planet to planet, we're put here, and we record, the, we, right. we're, we record the evolution of a species. Right. The only time we're ever able to get involved is if there is an extinction-level event. And since he knows that there's an extinction-level event, it's time to act. The interesting thing about this is that this isn't the last we're going to see of Enoch. Right. Because you realize we're going back in time to the present day. Enoch's fine. And if our heroes do save the world, then technically speaking, in a wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey type of way, Enoch doesn't have to die.
0: Right. Yeah, I, again, it's a, it's the best of all worlds, regardless of the time, <laughs> right? And uh, I, I just I, again the tapestry that's woven inside this episode is tremendous, so much so that I think I need to go back and watch a third time because mm. I know that there's something else that I missed. There's going to be little tiny pieces of
2: the nuances of the performance of yeah. a character who has lived, who has existed for centuries, mm-hmm. now knows that his time is ending mm-hmm. and yet has the crystal clarity of understanding that instead of prolonging his existence trying to repair himself kill myself and that's how we save everybody that's how we get you know I De- sacrifice myself dedication to purpose right De- dedication to purpose is, is something without without a question though without right. any kind uh, unlike Deke, who right. who you do kind of see He has to think about it, but he doesn't think about it for a long time. He just thinks about how much it sucks that he's going to do it. Yeah. He doesn't think about, ooh, I shouldn't be here. No, I'm going to go. Bye, Enoch. You take care of this. It's like, oh, man, I knew this was going to suck.
0: Yeah, yeah. Now, it's tremendous storytelling. It's it's wonderful character portrayal, and it's done so expertly inside this episode. I I didn't go and look who the the director was, and I I sadly don't pay enough attention to the directors that I know I really, really like, and I need to go back and find out who directed this episode because it's tremendous. The second composer moment. There's a second composer moment inside of this where Flint is inside of a spacesuit, and now larger pieces of rock slash debris slash stone geo stuff is gathering around him out in the vastness of space. And as we record this, we're on the the cusp of just having watched the, quote, world's most powerful rocket launch, taking Elon Musk's red-hot roadster on a path towards Mars and being able to see the dummy Starman that was put into the driver's seat of that and some extraordinary photographs. This absolutely latched onto the same thing. It just so happened that I watched it on the same day that it happened. And they hearkened to something great, which is that whole thing of, you know, if you had the opportunity to be just sitting in outer space, doing nothing, you know, everybody imagines that at one time. Well, Hey, there it is. Mm -hmm. And I love that. I think it's what absolutely allures me to human space flight. Anything. I'm an absolute human space flight whore yeah. on everything that there is. And this this absolutely harkens to all of those threads and tendrils that, that make the, the human spirit sing and want to know more about space. And that's what got me initially on the first composer moment. This one got even got me even more extraordinarily because I did not know what was going to happen. Like, is he going to construct the next monolith out there? what is it that he's going to do? And the one to rope-a-dope punch is that he's not going to do anything outside. He's actually going to thunder the rocks through the window, kill the Kree inside of the area, and then he's going to continue building on the monolith and helping to fulfill a mission. It was extraordinary. It's extraordinary storytelling. It also is done in that cone of absolute, except for the music, Silence. (laughs) An interesting dynamic in the arena. This again harkens back to the Commodus character from Joaquin Phoenix inside of Gladiator that is an extraordinary villain. And now we have an opportunity to amp that up. And again, the whole, the drinking of the potion, the killing of future sad, limbless yo-yo. Asterisk. All of that, uh, it's an extraordinary moment that then jumps into an arena moment that could have been so dumb. And it wasn't. I was absolutely engaged even through a commercial break they got me. Mm. And I, 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 I have to struggle to find something like this television show somewhere else that doesn't instantly evolve into dumb. And this didn't do any of that at all.
2: If it weren't for the events of what happened at the beginning of this episode, then the drinking of the potion and getting his hands more dirty where Chrysanthemum was concerned would be, in my mind, considered dumb because it's completely out of character. The only difference is is that even though we've seen him slightly unhinged in the last handful of episodes, the murdering of his brother, not just shoving... a uh, a, a bayonet through his back but then while lying on the floor bleeding out shoving the bayonet through his front Mm -hmm. had we not seen the breakdown of chrysanthemum's mental faculties when he completely gave up on ever being able to have creepy mcsilver balls back Mm -hmm. this would have been stupid for me but We've seen the progression. He's lost it now. He he he's not it's no longer the grand plan and I'm going to make my father happy by coming back home with Quake, the destroyer of worlds, you know, kneeling at my feet. Now it's these wretched humans have taken everything from me, including the one thing I gave a damn about Mm -hmm. and evidently cared more about than what we really realized, until of course we start watching him talk to her. Mm While she's dead, Mm -hmm. now this makes complete and utter sense because he he is mad. He has completely lost it. Oh yeah, this is the final move. This is this is uh, this is do or die. He knows he's going to die one way or another. There's nothing, for, he has nothing to lose right. now. Right. So might as well go out in a blaze of glory like his father would want him to right. rather right. than run away and slink yeah. back into the shadows because yeah. he's no longer that character.
0: Right, well, not only that, and maybe I'm wrong here, but I think it's, a, it's an even more interesting picture than what you're painting. Because of what is going to happen or what Chrysanthemum thinks is going to happen because of the events that are unfolding in front of him and because he's taken the potion, And because the people that he's killed have, he has now killed and knows the path of the next steps, he knows that when this all spins back around, which it will, because it has to, his father is going to be satisfied because there is going to be nobody that stands in opposition when his father comes to Earth. So that everything will be better and there won't be any moments where he's going to be the son that gets shoved into the corner because you're an idiot right that's not going to happen anymore so he does not care what happens to him inside this time i i I enjoyed that again it's still it's it's i have
2: nothing to lose now that's that is the that is his that's his move i have nothing left to lose because even if i lose here in his mind you all lose you're not going back home therefore nobody destroys the earth therefore my father gets to take take it over And I'm not treated the way that I'm. I've been treated yes, here. Yeah, a-
0: absolutely. And again, it's this incredibly apt ability to deliver this thick storytelling incredibly quickly without losing people or devolving into something stupid. That I really appreciate about this show. It it, it elevates the ability of someone that's watching it to a completely different stratosphere, and I, I I'm so appreciative of it. Mac is able to take on and take what an alien and tweaking chrysanthemum dishes out. I don't think we've actually addressed this more than maybe once in the last 10 episodes, but I'm under the impression that like you or I go and meet a a Cree. We're not having a good day if we need to duke it out. Like, you know, we, we punch them as hard as we possibly can. And it's like punching concrete. They punch us and it's like punching pizza dough. And if that's the case, Max not having the afternoon slash experience that we just saw. So yeah, I I have to put that in the back of my brain because what I'm taking in is awesome. But even to think that even this more string bean chrysanthemum can't possibly very quickly, especially hopped off on black junk be able to take down and dispatch Mac faster. I had to get over that hump.
2: See, I didn't. I didn't have to, because the, the evidence points to the different races of Cree, the different class of Cree. Chrysanthemum is a ruling class. Smaller, more compact, like a human. Probably does have strength and durability higher than a regular human would.
0: Which I think is indicated by his taking the punches. That's fine. I'm, I'm but let's, let, let's I'm also there.
2: look at Creepy McSilver Balls. Mm-hmm. We have actually seen her go toe-to-toe with both Melinda May, mm-hmm. injured, mm-hmm. and Daisy, mm-hmm. who was trained by Melinda May mm-hmm. to fight. Mm-hmm. I believe, and I even said this during the review of the episode in which injured May took on Creepy McSilver Balls. Had May not been injured, I think May probably would have been able to take her. But that's just because of training and experience. Mm -hmm. We already saw Daisy, with zero G going on, barely was able to take on creepy McSilver Balls without the help, the intervention of Deke, but in the end, still won. With quake powers, she was able to fight two of the big muscle-bound soldier class. Mm -hmm. And then only at the end did she use her quake powers, because it was supposed to be a stealth mission. So in my mind, with Chrysanthemum taking the black goo, that was him leveling himself up to soldier class. Mac has taken on soldier class before. It hasn't fared very well, but you also have to think this is a man who just saw, who just believes he saw the woman that he loved murdered, mm-hmm. straight up yeah. murdered by right. this guy. right. So, rage, adrenaline, and in his mind, I, I don't know about you, but if you lost the one that you loved, you have no reason left to live. I got, I'm gonna throw it all here. Mm-hmm. He's gonna die, or I'm gonna die, or we're both gonna die. Those are the outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, but but we do see Mac get his ass handed to oh, him yeah. eventually. No,
0: yeah, I, I was, without question. There's no and that's what I really appreciated about the, the pulling up of the stick here inside of this battle right. is that it, it turns out where it that's exactly how it should work.
2: Yeah, and, and I had it, no I had no reservations with the outcome. I mean, I knew Mac Mac had to lose. It's like you're going up against a a super meffed out Cree right now. You're not gonna win. Somebody has to Intervene. step in. Yes, yeah. there has to be some intervention or mm-hmm. else this is going to go real bad because yeah. we're going we're to lose. We've already lost sad future limbless yo-yo. Mm-hmm. We're about to use, lose, you know, sad melancholy Mac <laughs> if somebody doesn't come in and, and, it, and
0: tap him out. Yeah, yeah. It, it was extraordinary mostly because it's like how many, again, when death comes off the table, because really that's what we're talking about here. Any of the characters could die right now, and there is a ding, ding, ding bell on the other side, because there's ability to bring people back. It's the it's the instant trump card. Nothing can happen here that can't possibly be undone. There is I now, though, a,
2: at this point in, the, in the, at this point in the episode, there they is.
0: Gotta, they got to be gone. They got to be right. Like, they got to be off world slash out of the station. Right. Another pointy ending. Just when you thought you had enough of creepy McSilver Balls being speared but <laughs> by Daisy in a, in a gravity vault. That was awesome.
2: You just been shotgun axed.
0: <laughs> I, I I don't know what the, I don't know the parts, I don't know what the anatomy of axes are. Axes? axes, Axes? I guess it is Axes? I don't know what the anatomy of axes are, but I, Something. <laughs> I've got to learn the anatomy of axes so that we can appropriately explain what exactly happened with this one as it was plunged from the back to the front through, and I mean like through, it was like he was made of pizza dough. <laughs> like,
2: well, it was pointed. It was a pointed axe. It's not, it was, I'm sure that there is a, a term for the curvature of.
0: It's called nothing good. Well, true, <laughs> that's, because because uh,
2: cool. when we say axe, most people are going to uh, think of oh, the axe that you chop Fire wood. Axe, right? But this is actually more along the lines of a battle axe. Yeah, it's shaped differently. It can do more. Yeah,
0: somewhere somewhere in the 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 stratosphere of knowing medieval weapons is the name of whatever the hell we're going to want to call and refer to this thing. I don't know what it is. Somewhere outside the listenership, somebody's going to know. So go over Hmm. to our webpage and tell us the appropriate name of something that is akin to what Mac is using on the end of the shotgun axe. And we'll be sure to call call it that. More importantly, we'd love to have you call in. We'll talk to you more about it when the shotgun axe appears inside of a future episode. That would be awesome. Go over to our Facebook presence. That's facebook.com forward slash podcast. Chime in on any of the threads there, or start one of your own, and let's talk about the shotgun axe. Yo-Yo. Again, no doubt if she's real. This is very interesting, because at the end of this little section, after Mac has seen, quote, Yo-Yo murdered, he then takes in this other Yo-Yo that is not murdered, and just go, oh, Yo-Yo, and... Inside of a traditional, reasonably dumb television show, what would instantly happen is there's your slip-in stream for someone that's nefarious slash a fake slash whatever. And at least to my knowledge, and I don't smell anything like that, that is not happening here. But that there was never a doubt in Mac's mind. It's just, oh, I'm so glad you're not dead. Let's leave. Okay.
2: Eh. Well, there was no reason for him to believe that there was a duplicate we haven't been introduced to any shapeshifters all season right, long right. and last season was all about being replaced by robotic doubles so right.
0: but 10 weeks ago t- 10 weeks ago you would have never thought you'd see a double of look it's the speedster inside the team wait a minute there's a double of the speeds inside the team what the hell just happened
2: well yeah. yes but he also saw her with a, with no lit la- no arms right and extremely play pale right you know, in, in a different, completely different outfit. Right. And then all of a sudden, here she is. She's got arms. She's wearing the outfit that she was wearing the last time he saw her. Yeah. And he just got his ass handed to him, too. So the simple fact that my love is back and, oh, well, you because that did look a little funny. I mean, <laughs> she couldn't clap. And she was really pale, like she hadn't gotten any sun (laughs) at all. And I don't know when she had the time, although she is Yo-Yo. She could have, like, really quickly changed. But still, why would she change? Her outfit was fine. And she's dead. And, oh, my God, I'm going to kill this guy. I've killed this guy. Oh, look, there's Yo-Yo. And she looks exactly the way I remember her. Hmm, my head hurts. Oh, we need to run. It's time to go. (laughs) Now, I have just reenacted... Everything that went Amazing. through Max head.
0: All we need is to have you more chocolatey and bald. Oh, well,
2: <laughs> yeah. But besides that, I've just taken everything that was going through Max's brain. I've condensed it for you. Put a little humorous spin on it. But I, there, there you go. That's why he didn't suspect it as a double or anything like that. Because it does make sense that that wasn't.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: But it was. And that's the thing, She because she, I do believe she even says that yeah, it was it was? Yeah, it was, but it wasn't. But oh, oh, but never mind about that right now. We got to get back to the rest of the group, or else we're not going home. Yeah, and then they high five. They can high five. <laughs> Everybody has their limbs.
0: What an awesome push to commercial, son of a. B- this is tremendous. This is one of my favorite all-time pushes to commercial inside of Agents of Shield. it the pacing here is planted absolutely perfectly as they get to the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It, it it is it is a plus tremendous, and I, I again I, I weep <laughs> for other programs that never have a moment as solid as this one inside this episode of this. This season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., just tremendous push to you don't know what the hell happened.
2: It was even more jarring because I don't get commercials. Mm. So it's the run, run, we got to run. Oh, it's going to blow. Oh, the monolith activates and fade to black. You don't know who was standing in the room when it did. And then I get five, maybe six seconds of complete nothingness. And then we come back, and there's a star field, and we get our our ending. That's not the ending that I want. It's not the ending that explains what the hell happened after (laughs) everything went to black.
0: Right, right.
2: But still, an ending nonetheless.
0: And all is not well. Again, I can't, I guess I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to screw up what was supposed to be my dossier here. Uh Uh-oh. Because this cherry on top of, hey, look, it's not all fixed. Hey, we're not going to get the, now it's time to look over to shortstop. Now it's time to look over to first base. Now it's time to look at home plate and everybody smiles and does the Mentos moment. We don't have any of that inside this episode because it's not done. Mm-hmm. I love that. The only way to make it better, put that perspective in the perspective of the people that are still back in the terribleness that was the 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 future crumbs of Earth future. It's brilliant. It is a brilliant episode. I also love the flavor that Flint and Tess give you as you as you exit the episode. There's nothing here for you, and scene. I love that. Absolutely love that.
2: Really, I didn't I didn't take it that way. Okay, there's explain. nothing
0: here for you. I, I actually saw that ending as an uh, uh, an upbeat. Well, happy ending it's definitely upbeat happy ending but like look no answers true no answers, but, no answers but
2: now we have nobody telling us how we have to live
0: right right right
2: and here's your map here's your here's your little map yeah, here's the globe start yeah. uh, putting the world back together it, it gives you optimism but it's distracting you from the from the thing that's the most important hey if things are still broken that means our heroes failed. But, 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 but what, what, but they can't fail. If, if they, they no what, see well, they're, that, 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 that's, that's what, what you're, mean. that's what you're supposed to be feeling right now.
0: Right. There's nothing for you here. That, no. that, that's exactly what Nothing as what a viewer for you
2: here. for, for, for that part. Okay. Okay. Well, okay. I understand. <laughs> I understand that. I thought okay. you were talking about the, the, the tone of how the episode ended.
0: Well, no, the, again, traditionally inside of general jackass science fiction television, you'd have gotten what I started with when we started this point, i.e., look, everything's fixed. Everybody stops for a moment. Everybody stands up. Some music starts bellowing up It's, it's Sarah Connor
2: sitting in the park yeah. as an old lady talking about how she wants to yeah. go and play with her grandkids now. Right, right, right. And
0: that is not what you get here. Everything is not fixed. Everything mm-hmm. is not hunky-dory. Everything that they'd planned that you have just been watching the last 42 minutes of the 43 to 45-minute episode you got nothing on that no, nothing pays off at the end of this episode, and it's that much more delicious for not doing it. We're running right on time inside this episode of the Moving of right along, yeah, we're running perfect on time inside this Agents of Shield review episode during the Agents of Shield podcast. We will be right back. The number one question for those who have a podcast is simple. Why are you still editing your podcast? The answer? EditorCore.com Look, I've been podcasting for over 12 years now, and the bottom line is, if I could travel back in time via whatever time machine I had at my disposal, I would jump back to the beginning of my podcast career and tell myself to not edit my own podcasts. That day is here with EditorCore.com. Save the time you waste editing your podcast every single episode. Get your podcast edited by experienced seasoned podcast editors over at EditorCore.com. Make your podcast soar with the Editor Core. EditorCore.com. That's EditorCore.com. The
1: Two Guys Talking Podcast Bug, a truly original autonomous mobile recording solution. Get bit by the podcast bug. www.podcastbug.com
2: It's a situation we've all been in. Our younger selves, tucked snugly in our beds. Just as you're about to slip off to sleep, you hear a noise. What is it? Where's it coming from? From the attic? From the closet? From under your bed? Whether it's from books, film, music, or art, the thrill of being scared can be intoxicating. Join me, Nicholas J. Hearn, and my guests as we dig deep in what really scares us all on Two Guys Talking Horror.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks, months, even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast. So even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago, those efforts are still impactful, providing you with true return on investment. Real impact, thanks to perpetual advertising. Are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises? Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting 2 forward slash sponsors.
0: Welcome back to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete detailed and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. This time we're focusing on Season 5, Episode 10, Past Life. Every time we come back from the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, it's time to open up our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers. Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers is where Nick and I find something interesting inside the episode, say, an actor portrayal, a piece of storytelling that's gifted to us, or something else that trips our collective evening. Fantastique. Nick, what do you got?
2: There's a funny story revolving around my first viewing of of this episode.
0: Oh, please share. Share. As we as we
2: know, it airs Friday night, but we don't get an opportunity since we don't watch it live. I have we no watch idea what it, you're talking about. Uh, yes, you do. You talk about it all the time. It's the whole it's reason true. why we talk about it being Hulu streaming. Too
0: true, right?
2: We watch it on Hulu the next day for yes. Saturday. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here I am. I'm at work. I work overnights. Yep. About midnight, seven different news outlets, comic book geeky. Entertainment news outlets that I follow on Facebook, <laughs> right around eleven or eleven twelve o'clock in the, in the morning, <laughs> yeah, they all start going crazy. They all start posting articles talking about this episode of Agents of Shield, right? And every single one of these talks about, oh, can you believe that they killed? Spoiler, you know, they leave it blank in tonight's Agents of Shield. I was like, what? What? Somebody dies? Oh, okay. And then the next one pops up. Oh, well, uh, you know, death and destruction on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. And it just goes down the list. And there's a handful of people that I work with that watch the show as well. So after seeing so many different (laughs) things on social media, none of them spoiling anything. I was going to say, like, did you see
0: Mac get the the axe through the chest of the bad guy? Oh, thanks.
2: I have been fortunate where Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff is concerned that most news sources that I rely on don't spoil things for me. Mm. The point of all this is that I became frenzied waiting for work to get over with because instead of, oh, I'm going to go home and I'm going to go to bed because, you know, I'm getting home at six o'clock in the morning. It's I got to rush home because I've got to watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Shit went down and I got to see. And then I watch. And even though, yes, characters did die, it wasn't as impactful as these articles were making it sound. To which then, of course, I'm like, oh, okay, so it was more clickbait. It's it's come, click, click on my link and read my review, read my mar, my article. The thing that got me, and the thing that you bring up in the opening of this show, yet we never talked about during this review, mm-hmm. is the one thing that I left this episode, both viewings, with my jaw on the floor about. Phil Coulson is dying, mm-hmm. and the team trying to save him is the whole reason why the world is destroyed. If we are led to believe future limbless, sad yo-yo. Mm-hmm. She, those were the words out of her mouth. So, yeah, my Shield dossier is filled with the impending death of one Philip J. Colson. What the hell, man? I, 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 I know that sometimes, you know, you're, you're five seasons in. And I get that you got to do things to shake the show up every now and then. But don't you dare take away. <laughs> again. Again. Well, the first time you took him away, we, we got we got this show.
0: Yeah, we've talked about this before, though, because I can remember you saying the exact words. Don't you dare take away my Phil Coulson. Don't it... take away my. I'm, and I'm saying it again. Don't you dare take away my Phil Colson. <laughs> He is the heart of this show. He is. Now, not only that, he's. I will give you this. Not only is he the heart of the show. By the way, he was hardly in the show. And that's not anything pointed. He was, mm-hmm. hard, he was hardly in this and many of the other episodes. Right. But he is a giant cog inside of the lore of the cinematic universe. I mean, it doesn't get any mm-hmm. more, more deep than the guy that they bother to kill with a, a, a giant scimitar slash thing through the chest inside of the first team action film from Marvel Cinematic Universe Comics. It, 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 I don't know that it gets any bigger than that. Mm-hmm. By the way, who did they kill in Avengers? Oh, you mean Philip J. Colson? Yep. Yes, that's exactly who I was talking about. That's a fantastic dossier moment inside this episode. You son of a bitch, you stole mine. Oh, did I? I was trying to juke around it the whole time. Oh. All right, well... I shall take less than two and a half minutes so as to not cheese off the editor of this particular episode. You know,
2: there's so so often do we have the same rating. I don't see the problem with us having the same dossier. Yeah, because Maybe I know the rating is going to
0: range so wildly oh, for this episode. Well, yeah,
2: because this episode right. sucked out loud. Terrible.
0: It was terrible. <laughs> my my shield dossier and taking only an extra forty five seconds, I want you to just note that for next discussion. Okay. Uh, taking only 45 seconds inside of this episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast covering Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on... (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I have to go back to one of my loved moments inside of this, and it is the composer moment. Mm. Giving activity to a character we really know nothing about. We were there for the onset of his skill set. We've been side by side as he's taken on the learning sessions to harness and develop the skill. But this first composer moment really did touch me. It's, it's, it's where you with them saying nothing and showing almost the same. You care for this guy that we don't even know. Really? I I, I have no endearment to this young black male inhuman guy at all. Right. Right. But shoving him in a spacesuit and throwing him out in the middle of space with some music—you got me. You absolutely got me, and I'm in for the long haul with Flint. The only way to make it more interesting and probably a part de of my another page inside of my dossier—the second composer moment—because you were not sure what was actually going to happen. You weren't. Yeah. There's no way anybody can go. Oh, I know what's going to happen. They're going to come back from break and they're going to throw the rocks through and kill the Cree and the, like, okay. No way. There is no way. And when you can have a program that allows the storytelling to happen, but more importantly that it is that impactful, you got me. You're in my dossier. That's where we ask you guys, what's inside your S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier? Go on over to our website. It's agentsofshield.tv. Contact us via the thing over on the right-hand side. Isn't it a button? Is it a button? Fill out the quick web form and let us know what you think. Have you forgotten the button? It depends on how many limbs and how sad in the future I am.
2: Use your Alexa.
0: (laughs) Alexa, send feedback to the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Anyway, contact us at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. (laughs) Nick, it all comes down to this. It's our rating, though as mysterious as I know it will be for everybody listening as well as you, inside of this episode of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Season 5, Episode 10, Past Life. The scale works thusly. 10 is awesome, where both of our scores will be. 1 is not so awesome. (laughs) 7 is an average. Everything starts at a 7. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick... There are no havesies. Nick, what do you got?
2: I absolutely love the fact that by the end of this episode and through that the end of this story arc, really, because one would assume episode 11, we're back in present day.
0: Uh, yes. I, yeah, I, I would one agree. One would assume. One would uh, assume. Y- you know what? I'm not going to assume. Uh, because this Well, then episode... I will
2: assume for us both. Okay. You stay unassuming. I'll assume for us both.
0: I will assume over here.
2: But the great thing about it is that the, in these 10 episodes, especially early on, there were a lot of things that I was like, well, I, I know that this is going to happen by the end of this uh, the time spent in the future. And I know that this is going to happen. Yeah. And yep. we, we, we prognosticated on a whole bunch of other things. The simple fact that they threw in within the first two episodes a version of the framework and I know you were very apprehensive about mm-hmm. that very that you were much so. like oh well I don't want any more of then this they switching right. crap again mm-hmm. I don't want us you know playing around in the matrix we already did that totally unassuming everything I thought was going to happen by the end of this section this uh this this story arc didn't happen I was convinced that one if not multiple characters we're going to travel back in time with our heroes so that we had new characters in present day. Uh-uh Not, th- they're nothing. either all right. dead or they stayed. Mm-hmm. The framework stuff never talked about again after that initial introduction of it, showing you know Deke showing Daisy that all of the news footage points to you. all of the all of the news footage that we could actually piece together points to quake, the mm-hmm. destroyer of worlds right. And the fact that I can be surprised shows the level of of quality that this show is and has been and I'm sure will continue to be. Mm -hmm. What I'm trying to say, Mike, is 10. Mm -hmm. It's a 10. Mm -hmm. Yet again, a 10.
0: Yeah. There's a variety of ways to take tack at this episode as well as its rating, which, by the way, is a 10. And that's all we've got for this episode. <laughs> Just a like a the, 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 the gist is this, that every every time we put in a 10 that is so solid and we, we dig deep on these topics, you wonder how they can possibly trump themselves. And damn, they did it again, Nick. Mm-hmm. They absolutely did it again. I will echo the remarks of many inputs that we get during the season. The scale is broken. There's no way to take our up to 10 scale and, and somehow fix it this yeah. deep into the program. I don't know that it's broken. I just want everybody to enjoy the ride. Because uh, you know, the, the the wonderful nature of being a professional entertainment critic is that you have to revel in the stuff that you love that is good that wow. you need to watch. Because there's plenty of bad. There's plenty of bad out there that you have to waste time on to take in and then write a report.
2: <coughs> in humans.
0: Yeah. To write a report or get a dialogue or whatever else on. And so it's it's great to have something like this to latch on to week to week mm-hmm. and this is no exception 10 just just no question in my mind that's when we ask you guys what did you rate this episode season 5 episode 10 past life let us know what you think by going over to our facebook presence that's facebook.com forward slash shield podcast click anywhere inside of one of the threads already made or make your own and tell us what you think Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts. And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately. Facebook.com forward slash S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast to be the first to be made aware of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. news, the arrival of our newest reviews and more. The Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Podcast, a super show for fans of superheroes. Over the mysteries, critical information, and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv. That's agentsofshield.tv. End this top secret two guys talking communication.
0: Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers is where Nick and I find something interesting inside the episode, say, an actor portrayal, a piece of storytelling that's given to us, a piece of storytelling that's gifted to us, or something else that trips our collective evening fantastique. Nick, what do you got? Of your many, many things that you never think of until right now and instantly spout out so that you don't have to listen to silence waiting for Mike Wilkerson to convey his... I'd go, but Mike Wilkinson
2: can't shut the hell
0: up. (laughs)